Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Searching for Happiness podcast. I am your host, Joseph Grable, and today I have with me film director, writer, and producer, Darren Stein. You might recognize Darren from movies such as Sparkler and Jawbreaker, along with GBF. How are you doing today, Darren? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate you being here. My pleasure. I know it's been a few boo-boos in the place, but... You know, nevertheless, I'm so excited that we're finally here. And, you know, I've known you for about three years now. So, you know, it's been a long journey and I really appreciate you coming out. Um, And on top of that, like, can we just talk about how crazy is that you're my professor? Yeah, I teach (laughs) it. I teach at AFI and LA Film School. And uh, yeah, it's it's funny. You know, it's amazing. I find you fascinating. Thank so. you. <laughs> I, always, I always enjoyed your classes. You were like my second professor ever at the school. So I always enjoyed your classes. And you know, um, kind of going uh, more into a personal lifestyle, though, um, I understand that you kind of were doing your thesis film NYU in 1988. But and that was long before you did your features. Yeah, I went to film school at NYU undergrad. Um, I made a thesis film when I was a junior there, and it got me my first agent. You know, uh, when I was I think twenty one, I was super oh, young. Wow! But then it took five years after that to get my first feature off the ground. So in the five years, in those five years, I wrote Sparkler and I wrote Jawbreaker, kind of back to back. Tried to get Sparkler made, it couldn't, and I ended up getting Jawbreaker made. No, no, no. Then I wrote Jawbreaker, couldn't get that made, and then I I sort of got Sparkler financed through independent you know, sources on the East Coast. Oh, that's awesome. Um, got these great producers attached, and we got Freddie Prince Jr. and Jamie Kennedy, this incredible cast, and um, made a movie, you know, on 35 millimeter. That's amazing. And so what I understand is even before that, you made a documentary. No, the documentary came after Jawbreaker, Oh, oh it did? Oh, yeah. oh, it did. Okay, okay. Yeah. But I, it was kind of an antithesis of your... It's kind of like bringing back to your roots, though, because you grew up in the San, San Fernando Valley and you grew up with a camera shooting, you know, what you were saying earlier with your friends. You want to elaborate more about yeah, that? Yeah, my, my grandparents started a film lab in the 60s in Hollywood. It was Amazing. a boutique family-owned film lab called Crest National. Um, and so my dad worked there my whole life. And so he was very into film and, and, and filmmaking and brought home one of the first video cameras in the late 70s, early 80s. And it's like, don't touch this. This is dad's toy. It's too expensive for you to use. So my very first film was like a newscast that my dad filmed with my friends. And then I just started using it, you know, and he got a little bit less strict about it. And I started making films with the neighborhood kids. Um, I would go see a film like Poltergeist or, you know, Karate Kid or something, Platoon, and then come home and make my own version of it, like in the hills or, mm-hmm. you know, with our own special effects. And um it was wild. Yeah. It was really, I was very kind of like, I got the bug. I, I read Fangoria magazine and Starlog and Cinema Fantastic, And I was just obsessed with movies ever since I was a kid. That's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I feel you. I've been obsessed with movies since I was a kid. So, you know, gr- growing up in like the San Fernando Valley, I'm sure you saw quite a bit of that, especially with your family starting that business. You know, was it, did you kind like, since you had make, making those videos, did you always know you could make a whole career out of it? Or was it more like, oh, it's like my hobby? Like No, I, I, I was looking at filmmakers like Steven Spielberg or David Lynch or Stanley Kubrick. And I was like, well, these people are all doing it. Maybe I should give it a try. That's amazing. So, you know, I went to film school and, you know, just started writing and, and, and working hard, you know, to get these films made. Is there anyone that like, you still work with to this day that you would say that you worked with maybe on your first feature or your second or even in NYU? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm still friends with people from NYU. Oh, that's you awesome. You know, like Sean Baker who made Tangerine and the Florida oh. and Florida Project. Oh, really? Yeah, we went to NYU together. Um, and I just went to a screening of his film Red Rocket when it came out at the New Beverly. That was good. That was good. I yeah, watched it. Yeah. It was really cool to see him. And um, I'm trying to think back to my first one, Sparkler, of anyone I still work with. Um, yeah, the producers of Sparkler actually were talking about working together on a new movie. Um, oh, really? So we are talking about working together on something new. That's awesome. Um, and then Jawbreaker, I'm actually developing as a movie musical now. 
That's what I was going to yeah. ask. That was, was going to be one of my questions was like, you know, I saw kind of on your IMDb, it said Jawbreaker TV show. But last time I had talked to you, it was more of a musical ask. So like, how did that, you know, basically it's based off of your 1999 cult classic Jawbreaker. Um, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Um, and uh, I remember, I actually remember the movie as a kid because um, I grew up with a very young mother um, and she was very into 90s rom-coms. You know what I mean? Cool. So, you know, in that whole element, mm-hmm. I grew up with She's All That, mm-hmm. Jawbreaker. Freddy. Yeah, Fred Freddy. She yeah. had the biggest ma- like crush on him in the world. I remember that. I remember being at a party in the '90s and seeing Freddy, and I had made Jawbreaker, and he had just made She's All That, and we were like joking about which movie would be the bigger hit and stuff. Oh, that's it was, so it was cool. Funny, yeah. That's so cool. Do you still talk to Freddy? Um, we, we I think we like DM on Twitter now and then. But Spar- Sparkler, the first movie, I mean that I made and that Freddy's in, is finally gonna be available on streaming in a couple months. Oh, really? Actually, later in the year, yeah. So it's finally going to be available. We just made a 2K transfer. It hadn't existed on on HD. You know, we shot on 35, and it came out on... It was on cable, on HBO and stuff. It was on DVD. And um, no, it's never... Yeah, there were a few DVDs made. It was on home video. It was on VHS. You could get it at Blockbuster, like, in the the 90s. Um, But it's finally going to get out, like, on Amazon and hopefully places like Netflix or Hulu. Yeah, so it's exciting. That is exciting. That is exciting. So kind of going back to the um, Jawbreaker musical as well, like, you know, how did that come about? You know, I know I know when I first started, like three years ago, you were just kind of beginning the process of like trying to figure out how to make a TV show out of it. Right. Um, and so like, how did that even come about? Well, um, I got a call, I, I want to say almost almost 10 years ago from a producer, a theater producer in New York. Oh, really? Yeah. And they were like, hey, have you ever thought about doing Jawbreaker as a musical for the stage? I'm like, yeah, I would love that. And so this theater producer in New York hooked me up with this composer and lyricist, and they wrote de- a demo to sort of convince me of their talent. And they wrote these three songs, and they were all really incredible. And so we started working together on a musical for the stage. And I wrote the libretto, which is like the book to the musical. And then they, they wrote the, uh, the music and lyrics. And... We wrote it and we got producers and we got a director and we had readings in LA and New York. And it was very close to getting on a stage. You know, it's funny, it's Carol Kane who was in the movie. She did a reading of, of the musical. Mm-hmm. And actually, a few actors from GBF did some readings in New York, like JoJo, oh, really? uh, who's in GBF, and Taylor Frey, uh, who's an actor in GBF. Um, it didn't get on stage, it was so close to getting on stage in Seattle. And it was always a tough process because we had to get the rights from Sony mm-hmm. and we had to get the financing and we had to get a, a stage director and these producers and we were very close. And then the, and then the financer decided that Sony wanted too much money for the rights. And so there was a cost prohibitive moment where we couldn't sort of move ahead. So then um, me and George Northey, who wrote a GBF, which I directed, we sold Jawbreaker as a reboot to E back when E was making scripted shows. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. you were telling us about it. Yeah. So that was actually not a high school thing. That was like these like 20 something influencers in LA who like are a clique of women similar to Jawbreaker. And one of them's getting married and they, you know, sort of the bully of the group, the woman who's like the Rose McGowan character, you know, they pressure the bride to be into having sex with the stripper at the, at the bachelorette party. And they gag him with a jawbreaker ball gag for fun. And then as the woman's having sex with him, he dies. Can it, didn't we read a script of that? We might have read it in class. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now it definitely, definitely reminds me. I love that script. It was really fun. Yeah. But he decided not to make scripted and, and go back to unscripted. So that didn't happen. And then I pitched it as a limited series, as a musical limited series to like Amazon and Freeform and a few other places. And that was not meant to be, which is fine. Because I, I always thought it was a movie musical remake, mm-hmm. mo- more than a limited series. So I just pitched it to Sony Pictures, which is the studio Sony Pictures, and we are now developing it um, at Sony as a musical limited series. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, sorry, as a musical movie remake. That's musical what I movie remake. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. I'm... It's uh, it's always been interesting, you know, to get your guys' perspective, especially as professors too, because you guys not only do the professor job, but you also currently 
in the business and that's what i love about our school so much is mm -hmm. the majority of the staff are still mm -hmm. like in the business totally yeah how is like how do we you even juggle that like i feel like it's so well i think working busy. so great you know because i think teaching can be kind of part-time-ish it doesn't you know if you were to work at say a reality tv job or a production job those are like 12 12 hour days mm -hmm. but at least teaching is more nine to five so you do have time to work on your own projects and have meetings and that's nice yeah so oh sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no it's good uh, so when you, when you say you go make a movie, do the school just like let you take time off? Yeah. That's cool. Schools like AFI and LAFS, they, they definitely encourage, they, 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 they want their teachers to be working. It's actually like a good thing for everybody. That is a good thing. Yeah. I, I would hope so. They mm -hmm. would want your teachers still working, you know, and I think it, it really helps with the students as well. Cause you guys like, you know. Like, I remember going to, like, University of Oregon for, like, their f cinema studies. And, like, you could, like, not, like, that they weren't bad at teaching or anything. Like, I thought they were great. But you could tell they hadn't worked in a long time. Right. And, it, and I, it makes a huge difference. Like, it really does. And, like, from my perspective, at least, like, I feel like you guys are always up to date with everything. Like, editing, software, like, scheduling software, everything. You guys are always up to date as to where, like, when I went to U of O... I was using stuff that was like made in like 2010, yeah. you know, or 2012 or mm -hmm. something like that in 2019. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like yeah. it was, it was a little difficult. And that, I mean, like that school is like the reason I kind of went to this school and I found the school and I'm really glad I did. Cause you know, like you and you know, a few other professors like you guys are great. You know what I mean? And, uh, I love, I love that you guys can juggle both too. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I find that so inspiring because it's, it there's a lot of places in like the world that like having multiple jobs isn't like a thing mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. and like out here as i've moved out here i've realized that like everybody has multiple jobs. you gotta have a hustle you gotta have a <laughs> hustle right and i love that you know you chose teaching as your hustle like that's so yeah because i feel like it just feels so good to like share knowledge and 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 to see what young people are doing like where, yeah. where your heads are at and what's getting you like excited mm -hmm. did you what what year did you start teaching? I think I started at LAFS, I want to say four, maybe four or five years ago. Something like oh, that. Oh, really? Okay. Be, yeah, it's pretty new. It might be four. Four. Okay. So you probably like only there for like a year before we, I probably yes. showed up. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, cool. So like what kind of went into the decision to like? Um, you know, just making some extra money on the side. And also between writing and directing jobs. And also, you know, I just really enjoy sharing knowledge and teaching comes naturally to me. Mm -hmm. And so it felt like a good thing to do that felt good to me as a person. Um, and wasn't completely like all encompassing as a job, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it just felt like something I, I can, I can easily do, you know, while writing scripts or directing stuff and working on projects. That's great. Does it, does it like ever kind of like affect your mental state? Like in, in ways like are there days that where you're just kind of like, dude, like, I don't want to go. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone has their days. Yeah, you know, of course. Yeah. I mean, for any job, you know. So, yeah, that's just human nature, I guess. But generally, I, I find it pretty pretty easy. That's good. That's yeah. good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, you know, kind of going back to your uh, film career, I kind of want to go the route of, like, has there really been, like, kind of, like, any, like, defining moments in your career that you would say – or like mentally very straining or mentally very hard to withstand or go through? Um, I think making features, making films is challenging. You know, it's a very challenging business. They're expensive. It's stressful. There's a lot of people that are working under you. And there's a lot of pressure involved. Yeah. I you know, agree. so I think that um, they can be, it can be a stressful experience, you know. Um, but that's sort of part of the beauty of filmmaking. I mean, some films are more stressful than others, you know, making Jawbreaker. Um, I, th I was so young when I made that. I was like, you know, 28 or something, mm -hmm. you know. And when I made GBF, I was, I mean, I, I'm 50 now. So GBF was t almost 10 years ago. So I was like. You don't look 50. Thank you. There's no way. I know. Is that crazy? Are you serious? I swear to God. That's crazy. 1971. No way. Mm -hmm. I thought you were like, like 40. Thank you. But when I made GBF, I was 40. Um, and so GPF was a great experience. Um, loved it. You know, I think it had been so long, you know, I, between Jawbreaker and GPF, I produced the feature that I didn't write or direct called All About Evil. It just came out on Shudder, which is a really That's great right. film. Uh, Natasha. Natasha Leon's in it. And she's also in GPF. 
Um, but it's also got like Elvira, Mink Stoll, who's been in uh, all the John Waters movies, Thomas Tucker, who's a great actor, Noah Segan from Knives Out. It's got a great cast. And it's written directed by this guy, Joshua Grinnell, who's also known as Peach, Peach's Christ, the drag queen, who does like a cult film screening series in, oh, really? in San Francisco. Yeah, he's great. He's a good friend of mine. He had heard me on um, This American Life, which is a radio show on NPR, where I was being interviewed about um, my documentary by Ira Glass. It's like a national radio show. It's pretty pretty cool. That's awesome. And he reached out. He's like, I love Jawbreaker and I'd love to meet you sometime. And I was in San Francisco for a screening of a film and we became friends. And I was like, hey, if you ever make a... I saw his short films. I was really impressed by his shorts. And I said, if you ever make a feature, I'll produce it. And then like eight years later, he he wrote the feature and I, I read it and, you know, I, was, I, I helped produce it. So, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Which, which, which title, or not title, which job do you think is the most fun for you, like on set? Oh, directing. Directing. For sure. Is it just kind of just the way you get to work with the actors or is it? Yeah, it's working with the actors, working with the DP, the first AD, the costume and production designer, the... Entire crew. It's just uh, developing the story and writing the script or working on the script with a writer. Post-production, you know, editing and sound and color and the entire thing. I really just love the entire, like, process. Yeah, I do too. I think I think that's, like, when I explain to people, like, actually how much goes into movies, their minds are just like, what? It's a lot, like, yeah. It's, it's so much. Like, I even when I moved out here, Still to this day, it's been like three, almost four-ish years and like a total of five since I've been in the business completely. Every time I'm on set, I learn something new and something blows my mind. Like, cause it's like, you're like, I never even knew that existed or like, I never knew I needed to do that to get that or. And you never stop learning. Even when you get to my age, you're yeah. constantly learning. You know, it's that's the, kind of the beauty of the art form as well as a writer or a director. That's what I love about the most is like, people tell me they're like, they're like, what do you love? about like doing what you do the most. I was like, honestly, I was like collaborating with people. Mm-hmm. Like having in a room with like 12 brains or like, like say even three different brains, like mm-hmm. the sky is like the limit. You can do a lot with that. You know what I mean? And like, I really didn't realize that until I moved out here and really saw and got put into the collaborative world that the school kind of at first forced me to, you know, I was very nervous to at mm-hmm. first, but you know, through like the school being like, oh, you know, just do networking and this and that. Mm-hmm. You realize how really fun it can be. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, sometimes you don't have people you don't like, but like, I feel like that's in every business. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wish when I when I watch movies now, I have such like a newfound respect for movies. Mm-hmm. It kind of ruined me. But like at the same time, like I can't watch like the CW shows anymore. Mm-hmm. Like That's the way it kind of ruined me. That's good, though. Yeah. But like, it's good. Like and like I, I pay more attention to like every aspect of a movie and like from the cinematography the editing like sometimes i'll like catch someone like do a really bad edit i'm like why yeah why you know what i mean and so Mm -hmm. like i do love the field of like there's so many different jobs you can do Mm -hmm. there's so many different people you can meet Mm -hmm. it's probably one of the most like diverse like businesses out there super diverse that's what i love it so much is i meet people from all over the world Mm -hmm. and like people i would never guess even my wife she's like on the other side of the world Probably would have never met her. Where's she from? She's from Sao Paulo, Lorena, Brazil. Oh wow, very cool. Yeah, so she's she's from a very small area, and I'm actually I'm trying for to get my the permission from the school to let me go for like two weeks to Brazil in October, uh, and just miss like hopefully try to miss like half my like first editing class because I'm not even the editor anyways maybe you could do it over zoom or something that's what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. i'm not even the editor anyways Mm -hmm. and there's zoom and everything i don't mind having to stay at Mm -hmm. like one in the morning to class like i don't Mm -hmm. care Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean so like i'm trying i'm trying to go within like the next month and a half actually yeah and i really i've been wanting i've been to to brazil have you i've been to sao paulo yeah because gbf played at a film festival there amazing Mm -hmm. so you actually got to go and like did you, uh, you know, how was that experience? It was great. It was great to just, you know, watch it in a foreign country and see how it mm-hmm. translates and how people really, really enjoy it. Um, yeah, it's, that's part of the fun is going to film festivals and all over the world and experiencing your film with audiences and meeting people and meeting other filmmakers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I had a filmmaker friend of mine from LA who's from Israel. He was there with his movie. Another filmmaker, John Cameron Mitchell, who made Head of Begin the Angry Inch and Short Bus and Rabbit, I think... He's he was there with a retrospective, so 
I just, I, I, it's great to show your films, but it's also nice to sort of commune with other filmmakers. I agree. Because we don't get to see each other that much. Yeah. That's one thing I've learned about life as a filmmaker. I don't have like really time to like chill with my friends sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's a little heartbreaking, but at the same you time. You have to make time for that though. You have to make, I mean, I, th- I feel like really any adult these days has to do that no matter what job they have, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like mm-hmm. the way the world is. <laughs> this dog um but uh no like on some real stuff though like i think it's really important to you know find time like that with your friends yeah still like even in this crazy world and everything you know um how was you know kind of a little topic changer kind of how was like covid for you covid was fine it wasn't terrible for me because well, I'm single, so but I have two dogs, mm-hmm. and my family lives in LA. So my mom and dad are here. My brother, my niece and nephew I have a lot of friends. That's awesome. So it wasn't. I didn't feel that isolated, and I actually wrote. I adapted a YA book with a writer. Oh, really? That I had never worked with before, and so she and I worked together over Zoom, and on the phone. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and it was a really great collaboration. We had a really good time um, adapting this book. It's called Where I End and You Begin. It's like a cross gender body swap teen movie it's really fun um and so i was working you know and it felt really great to be working and then i was teaching which was on zoom and so that that worked really well i think teaching on zoom kind of can can work Mm -hmm. really well for certain classes um but yeah it's also it was it also made me very internal and quiet and spiritual you know i used to be a very like outgoing person Mm -hmm. before covid and i think being locked away for like eight months Mm -hmm did me a number like yeah. now like i have anxiety going to like concerts or really? something now because it's just so many people yeah. and i don't know if it's like a germ thing now or if it's like a you know like if it's just an anxiety thing that i built up for myself because i didn't see that many people for so long and like or it's like i find myself getting very nervous for things i never used to get nervous about and so like I feel like COVID really did that number on me for that. Well, you're also young. I mean, how how old were you when COVID happened? Like 21. I was I wasn't I was freshly 21. I think it literally like yeah it was because it it really started in like January of 2020. Mm-hmm. That's like when mm-hmm. the first cases really started rolling out. But didn't like the world didn't cancel till March. Mm-hmm. But in that January, like I think I was only like three months 21. Still haven't really gone out or anything at that time. I think I went with like a few film students that were much older than me. You know what I mean? Uh, as like a birthday thing. But other than that, I didn't really get go into any clubs or anything. So I didn't get the experience mm-hmm. like how LA truly really was before COVID. Yeah, your life got kind of it got cut, cut short. Off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then like, you know, COVID was really rough for me. Like I even took like a few months off of school and stuff because it was just like the mental strain, dude, of like being locked away and then not being able to see your family and then and you also have health issues which is why you got to be very careful yeah like i legitimately could not go out anywhere because my cardiologist would be like i don't think it's a good idea wow i don't think you should be doing that and i'll be like okay (laughs) like yeah okay buddy and i think uh i don't think i got covid during the quarantine but i had gotten really sick and then that kind of opened my eyes. Like, imagine if that was COVID, mm-hmm. like, would it wrecked me? Mm-hmm. And so I, I stuck to my words. Like, I did. I had met Sabrina, my wife, uh, outside the school probably in like October, November ish, and we hung out for like the like actual first time probably like the beginning of December, back like mm-hmm. middle of December. Mm-hmm. And so I only got to hang out with her for like a month, mm-hmm. and then like uh at the time she was doing like an apparel program and so like she had to listen to what like the host family said like so she had like like curfew or Mm -hmm. she wasn't allowed to go because of covid Mm -hmm. like that's 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 the rules like Mm -hmm. you have to and so by the time it was like mid-january they're like nope they're like you can't i don't want you going out because of the baby and she's like okay so between like january grant we're already like in a relationship too between January and probably July-ish, no, sorry, June-ish, beginning of June, I didn't see her. So that was a little rough. That did me that a number. Rough. And yeah. then I got sick during, between that time as well. And you're in a new, you're in LA, you're mm-hmm. young, you're going to school, your family's not here. Exactly. You have a health issue. There are a lot of things. That, yeah. I got. I actually got so irritated one day. I kind of had like a breakdown and my mom actually came and got me and I went back home because mm-hmm. I was like, I think what got me was like, 
you know, like I'm so close to like all my friends, but like none of us can go out or mm-hmm. at least they can, you know, if they want to risk that, but like, I can't, like, I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. And cause the doctors didn't know what COVID really was at the time. And like, of course, as COVID progressed, they're like, yeah, dude, just get vaccinated mm-hmm. and do whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But like in the beginning, it was really rough for me and my self-esteem as well. Cause I went from like a very outgoing person to like, I never text anybody back. I never did anything like you know, my biggest regret is I didn't learn a thing other than like school stuff and COVID. And even with that, like, you know, learning over Zoom can be difficult yeah. for students as well. Mm-hmm. And like, I would say I struggled with it a lot, but there was definitely days where I was like, oh man, like this is rough. But, you know, I really regret not like learning something like guitar or a new language mm-hmm. or something like that. But I feel like that's just because I had so much built up anxiety yeah. during COVID that that's what really like prevented me from doing that. And I think that like, I am sometimes hard on myself still to this day about COVID because of like all the missed opportunities, I guess I could have took in. But you can't live in the past. You can't live. That's what, yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't worry about that. Exactly. And I, you know, like some days I get a little rough on myself, but I'm also like so young. Yeah. I could like fuck up like every day of my life. Yeah. You have your whole life ahead of you. I could. Yeah. Like I could fuck up like every day for like 10 years and like, I'd still be okay. Like, yeah. So like, you know, like I think. This year has definitely been like an eye opener of kind of like letting that stuff go, letting COVID, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. If you're listening on uh, on sound, uh, our dog Kobe is uh, just chilling in the weirdest positions. (laughs) But, you know, we love him. But uh, anyways, but yeah, dude, COVID was just, I don't know. It was, I kind of appreciate it, but at the same time, I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure... It was a trip. Like I think we're also processing it. Like this week, last weekend, I went to a music. I went to a a, a show, a theater piece on Friday in a mm-hmm. small theater, no mask. I went to and a restaurant before that. You know, Saturday I went to like another show at USC. This John Cameron Mitchell Origins of Love thing. It's mm-hmm. like this music from Hedwig and the story of Hedwig. A huge theater. Didn't wear a mask. And then Sunday, and and I went to an after party. Like backstage, which is really stuffy. There wasn't a lot of circulation of air there. Yeah. And then Sunday, I went to a music festival in Pasadena, which was like an all-day thing. Mm-hmm. Bands like P- uh, Beach House, Strokes, Idols. Oh, wait. Sparks. I had a few buddies that went to that. It was fun. Yeah, they all said it was really fun. Yeah. And I'm just like, now I'm feeling a little run down. Like Monday and Tuesday, not sick, but just a little bit tired. And it's just because I made myself do all this stuff, you mm-hmm. know? But I was at the gym this morning, and like no one was wearing a mask. You know, there's like two people in masks. I'm not wearing a mask either, you know, because I don't feel the need to, but it's like, geez, do the two people in masks know something we don't? Are they being super smart about this? Yeah. You know, no, it's like, I've, I've been seeing that. So I went like on the subway the other day, and everyone had one on and I was just like, I was like, oh, um, I supposed to have one on? Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Is, do all of you know something I don't? Mm-hmm. And then I realized I'm like, I'm on the subway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that makes sense. So I was mm-hmm. like, luckily, I put mine on because I realized I was on the subway. But like, I always have one still like in my pocket, mm-hmm. mainly because of school, because mm-hmm. I have to go in there with the school. But like, there have definitely been times where I have been very uncomfortable with like going back into big crowds and stuff. So I'll swipe that on. And same thing with my wife. Like she, she's a nanny. Like still, like she doesn't have to like. She's not like in a pair anymore, but she still like privately does nanny work mm-hmm. just with way more money Mm -hmm. and uh she still has to wear one all the time too so like you know we're still very cautious and like i had gotten covid i actually had gotten covid probably back in june or july this year and that wrecked me like i like i think the first day like my whole body it was actually really bad the first day i got it was when i had one of my cardiologist appointments and I didn't realize I had it. I just thought I felt like shit. So mm-hmm. I like went into the hospital like with COVID. With COVID, okay. had no idea. Like I was like, I thought it was just like some chips I ate like the night before because mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. that happens. And mm-hmm. like, no, I got home and like my body started like just aching more and more. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, and I like laid down for a nap and I woke up and like I just could not move my body. Wow. I was like, I was like, oh my god! Like my wife got home and she's like what are you doing? Cause I don't lay in bed all day. You know what I mean? I don't do mm-hmm. that. And she's like, what are you doing, man? Like, you mm-hmm. okay? I was like, I literally cannot move. Like I can't wow. even like my neck, like I would move it. And like, it was, it was really painful. Like my body locked up for like two days. Wow. The next day she had to like help me out of bed. Cause my body just hurts so bad. Like I, 
I think I took like 15 minutes to get out of bed. Wow. It was rough. Like wow. it was really bad. But by the third day, the pain was easing up. And like, I think I got it for like a solid, like six full days of just like being sick and feeling yeah. under the weather. But like after that, like I started feeling good again. I lost so much weight with COVID too. Even being as skinny as I am, I still lost like almost like 20 pounds. Wow. It was bad. Like I remember I was like 150 and then like the day after like I got cleared for COVID or whatever, I was like 129 or something wow. like that. And I was like, you could see my rib cage and everything. I was like, dude, I was like, that's crazy. It was kind of a blessing though. Cause I got to like start kind of on ground zero for like muscle and like mm -hmm. my body. And so like, that's been kind of a blessing. Cause I feel a lot healthier now as I've like been working out more and more. That's and great. Like, I've gotten more into cardio and stuff as well which is like always been a big thing with my doctors and i think covid really like helped me see that like i need to work out every day like, right because you can because you can be skinny fat yeah you know you can be skinny but you know not healthy yeah exactly and like that's that's my thing is that's i eat like a 12 year old so you know what i mean like so you eat crap yeah i eat like crap i mean not as much anymore but like that's how my diet was during quarantine mm -hmm. and then even when i was sick this last few months mm -hmm. And I ate like a 12 year old, like I ate like shit, like chicken strips and mm -hmm. bags of chips and soda. And like now more like a diet, mainly high protein diet, but like I, COVID really opened my eyes. Mm -hmm. Once I got it, it was so bad. Like yeah. I would, I don't think I would ever wish that on my worst. Is your, is your girlfriend your age? Uh, she's so, my wife is about, she's 26. Oh wow. So she's a little older. She's so older than does me. Does she cook for you? Is she like? No, actually I cook in the house i wow. have to cook mostly she she cooks but like not to throw her on the bus she she doesn't know how to cook mm -hmm. as much as i do you mm -hmm. know what i mean so mm -hmm. she can cook like a few things but like i i grew up like how i started my actual like working life was in a restaurant mm -hmm. so like i know how to cook a mm -hmm. lot of things and do a lot of That's things awesome. from scratch mm -hmm. which is a blessing yeah for sure and you know i took culinary classes as well to help That's with awesome. that so Thankfully, she's lucky and I'm the cook of the home. Cool. But, you know, every now and then she'll make something and it's usually really good. Wow. It's usually really, really good. Especially awesome. if she makes like Brazilian food. Mm -hmm. she, the way she makes her chicken is just crazy. Wow. Just crazy. I'm like, girl, I was like, you can't tell nobody your secret. Mm -hmm. I was like, nobody. I tell her all the time. I was like, I know you don't really like cooking, but I think you would make a killing in LA if you did like mm -hmm. a Brazilian cart or like a Brazilian like food truck oh, thing. totally, yeah. I tell her all the time. I was like, you would like make so much money there's not a lot of brazilian food now that's what i'm saying yeah. like that's what i'm saying like if you went and parked like got a permit to park on the corner of mm -hmm. hollywood boulevard i was like you'd probably make a cool few thousand in one night you know what i mean like, yeah like the hibachi trucks i know somebody that works in it mm -hmm. they make they make like eight grand wow just like on a thursday night not even on a saturday or friday night they'll make like way more that's crazy yeah and they're like it's it's a great business to get into but you know nevertheless like I enjoy cooking. I enjoy cooking. It was also something that I really visited more, got back to my roots with it in COVID, mm -hmm. was I was experimenting a lot, mm -hmm. mainly because like, I felt like there was nothing else really to do, you know, and that's kind of what my attention, it's a way for me to escape as well. Like mm -hmm. cooking is a good way to escape when you get away from your thoughts because you got to focus, especially if you're cutting something, mm -hmm. you really got to like focus to make sure, you know, you're doing everything right and like measuring and all that. So it's a good way to, you know, escape. Do you for have... Sure. Do you have any like ways to like escape or have you found ways to escape through like, you know, your mental strength um, or whatnot? Probably just like hikes, the gym, walking my dogs. Great. Those are great. I was really into Kundalini yoga for a while. It's like a Sikh based, a lot of breathing and stuff. I love to see my friends, you know, and just go on hikes, go to movies, um, museums, uh, restaurants. I love to eat out, you know, probably... You know, something I do a lot of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, love food, love, you know, different, trying different restaurants, um, music shows, concerts, theater, you know, all that stuff. All the great stuff. I know, and that's why I love LA so much too, is it has all that. You know, like, I'll, like where I'm from, you probably only get like three of those. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, but I've really enjoyed hiking as well. I feel like that's a really good way to. Yeah, really LA has lots of hiking. Yeah, and, like, um, I just feel like it's a really good way to, like, clear your head as well. Like, you know, not only are you exercising, but 
I'm kind of too tired to think. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? At mm-hmm. least I am. Like when I go, I'm like. <gasps> mm-hmm. Like I'm like heaving by the time I'm It's good cardio top. for you. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, I mean, that's why I try to do it mm-hmm. too as well. And, you know, I think kind of going back to COVID is like. I learned to appreciate all that stuff more because mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. once we were like out to let go, that's what the first thing we did was like go on a hike and go work out was just like, yeah. we need to go do that. Did your parents want you to come home when COVID happened? Um, yes, they did. So my parents are separated, but <clears throat> they both did. They're like, they're like, why are you even in LA if you can't see anybody? You can't do mm-hmm, anything. Mm-hmm. Like you might as well come out to Oregon where it's fresh air you can hike because there's going to be nobody on the trail. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You can sit out on the lawn all day. Who cares? Mm-hmm. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. So I went home for like three months. And then two of those months I took off of school because I was just like, I can't. <clears throat> I can't. I'm regretting it now because I'd actually would be graduating like in two weeks if I didn't take those like two to three months off. But instead now I'm graduating like in January or something. So I kind of regret that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like. I feel like it was very necessary for me to take yeah, time off. Yeah, and definitely. Like, the things that were going on in my life at the moment too, with like my new relationship and like, you know, I kind of wanted to focus on that a little and like mm-hmm. make sure like, you know, I was on top of my shit. And like, also like I wanted to make some money. Like, and so I, I kind of honed in those months. I did like a lot of Fiverr work or like I did like a lot of like freelance stuff for my mm-hmm. buddies that like mm-hmm. just like editing or something. Cool. And so I really just want to focus on that. And I think like it honestly helped me those nights that like every night I would still watch like uh, videos of like filmmaking or like behind the scenes mm-hmm. or something. Cause I, I wanted to stay on top of my stuff. I mm-hmm. just didn't, I couldn't handle the pressure of like assignments need to be in at this time and this time, even if it's late, you're still going to get marked down. And like, you know, most professors are lenient, but I think at the time the ones I had were not, or they were more a little strict about mm-hmm. it. And so I was just like, ah, screw this. Like, I'm just going to mm-hmm. take a breather mm-hmm. for a bit. And I used to feel really bad about it, but then I realized like all my friends did that. Every mm-hmm. single one of them, mm-hmm. like not a single friend didn't take time off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, like that's, yeah, it was a normal thing to do. Like mm-hmm. it was, you know, looking back on it, it was, it was a great thing for me to do for my like mental state and also mm-hmm. like my health as well. Cause like I did a lot of hiking and went during COVID and I did a lot of walking around, walking down the street, walking my mom's dog, you know, like. And then when I went and visit my dad, it's the same thing. My dad, he just lives in a small town as well. It's ghost town, man. Ghost town. And so, like, I just walk around the streets. Nothing. Like, I'm fine, you know. I'm sure your parents are grateful to have you home. Oh, yeah. They loved every second of it. Mm -hmm. Me, not so much. But but then I'm sure they loved every second of it. But, yeah, I love my parents, though. They're great. Do you – how often do you see your parents? I see them a lot because they live in L.A. Yeah, yeah. They're just, like, 20 minutes away. But they're, you know – Hey, some people, some people's parents live in LA, but they haven't seen their parents in like a year. You it's know true, what I mean? It's true. I no, we're really them. close. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Just saw them last night for dinner. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What'd you guys have? We went to a place, an Italian restaurant. Ooh. Yeah. So we had like mm. lemon pasta and mm. some like filet of sole and some salads. It was some octopus. Ooh. I- it's good. I don't know if I've ever had octopus. Yeah. Everyone always really tries good. to like shove it down my throat. Like, it tastes like, really good. You yeah, try it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm a very, if you would have like a conversation with my wife, she's like, he's the pickiest. Are you really? Bro. I really am. Like I said, like I eat like a 12 year old. So like this whole like diet thing has been really hard mm-hmm. for me. Cause like mm-hmm. I've eaten like a 12 year old since I was like 12 mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. even younger. So like it's been, it's been something hard, but I've realized that like the more I force myself to eat it, the more I start to like it. Like with salads, mm-hmm. I started finally eating salads and I was like, these aren't too bad, I guess. Like as to where I was like, that's like the devil's. Tequoia down the street's got a really good, some good salads. Oh really? I'll yeah. have to check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, On Seward in Santa Monica. Oh really? What changed it for me is I had a salad at Stout. I don't remember. It started with an A. Oh, the hamburger salad. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Good. Oh my gosh. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, okay. I was like, I think I can. Do yeah, this. it's like healthier because there's like no bun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I was like, I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then since then, I've really, you know, kind of honed in on it. That's and, great. Yeah, and like, um, we're trying to every day. We're trying to like find new recipes. We do like HelloFresh now too, as nice. well. Which makes it way easier. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more expensive than I think we usually spend a week, but 
I think is kind of and they, that they just give you all the ingredients and you make stuff at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they even come with. So the way it works is like HelloFresh is like they'll send like a box. It's like refrigerated inside. Mm-hmm. It's got mm-hmm. like all these like ice packs that last like seventy two hours wow. or something like that. And they isolate it, and you know it shows up at your door. You open it, and the first thing you see are like these cue cards that have like the picture of the item. Uh, exactly what you need for it and then how to make it and the time and everything. And then in each, in the box are like, depending on how many meals you get, I think we get like 12 meals a week, you know, for like lunch and dinner or, or sorry, not 12 meals a week. Um, Yeah. 12 meals a week. And, you know, and the way it works is it comes in each of its own bag. And sometimes uh, we'll get like the same meal. So if we get the same meal, it just comes in like one big bag. You know what I mean? And so like, it's very resourceful. It's a very like LA thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's very, I understand why people do it as to back, back maybe before COVID. I was like, this stuff's stupid. Like, why would you do that? But like, after realizing having to go to like the grocery store and realizing how kind of hard it is to like find those ingredients mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. and like realizing you have to pay for every single ingredient to make that one thing mm-hmm. and then you have to make sure you use all that stuff before it expires is a bit of a hassle and it's a waste of money. So we kind of just like re, did our budget a few months back and then we started doing hello fresh and it's been cool. good it's been good it's been fun probably healthy too oh yeah like i don't need anything bad mm. like it's a it's a high it's the high protein they have like mm-hmm. a high protein option they have like several options they have like a pescatarian vegetarian mm-hmm. vegan wow um high protein they have like a family style mm-hmm. there's like all sorts and your doctors for your heart they, they say you should eat a high protein diet oh yeah yeah they said i should um i should really eat a lot of fruits and high proteins and um also um a lot of um vitamin uh c i believe yeah vitamin mm-hmm. c and then mm-hmm. i have to, i even have like those uh they're like the shots of vitamin C, like in the packets that you just mm-hmm. like put in your water or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I have to drink. I drink those all the time. Yeah, which is really good for you. Yeah, I use vitamin C. I put vitamin C in, lem- in lemon water every morning. I, I, I drink big, a lot of lemon water. I have this now. big vat of powder, vitamin C powder. It's mm-hmm. great. It was really funny with lemon water, even though it's a little weird topic. My grandma used to do that, like mm-hmm. when I was younger, and I'd be like, "Oh, this." I was like, "I was like, why do you put lemon in your water?" Like, mm-hmm. and I, I found that it helps your heart and like mm-hmm. it really like helps your body a lot. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, grandma was like head every time. That's right. And I was like, yeah. that's crazy. Like, that's cool. So I actually drink a lot of lemon water too. Sabrina doesn't like it, but I enjoy it. Do you do you use just like regular lemon juice, or do you actually like squeeze the lemon? Um, my parents have lemon trees, and so I use actual fresh squeezed lemons. That's yeah. amazing. I try to use. Yeah, well, I mean, it's probably not fresh because it's the grocery mm-hmm. store, but it's like I try to use real lemons. That's I don't great. try to use the like juice. Yeah. Sabrina will do the juice. I'm like, no, I was mm-hmm. like, that's all like artificial flavor. Yeah, not like lemons. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. Anyways, man, you know, I think COVID overall, though, like, it changed my perspective on a whole lot of things, even with school. You know, and I feel like it really showed who is. I guess in my friend group, it really showed like who was like really meaning like they really focusing on this mm-hmm. versus people that are like, eh. mm-hmm. like, and it really showed me like who I should work with mm-hmm. and who I shouldn't work mm-hmm. with as well. You know, are there, is there like any like one big lesson you kind of learned in COVID or is it kind of just like a, you know, you kind of just went about and. Mm. I think COVID just made me a little bit more just inter- like just more of a spiritual person and just a little bit less, you know, I used to just love to run around and do a million things constantly. And now I'm a lot better at just being with myself, like not having to always be stimulated, always be on the phone, always be working or something. Um, so yeah, it just it, it taught me to appreciate life, just being in the, being in the moment more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, 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 I feel for that. Like I, most recently though like it's it's just hitting me maybe in the last two weeks of like you know i'm kind of getting annoyed with my phone again like i'm kind of getting more on that spiritual way of like i i realize there's more meaning in life than just looking at your phone or going to events that aren't gonna do you any good or you know like running around doing things for people that don't really care you know Mm -hmm. what i mean Mm -hmm. and so I think COVID really taught me that as well. It's like, it, you know, it made me more spiritual in the sense of like respecting myself as well too. And your time. And my yeah. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And COVID really showed me that like a lot of people are kind of just using me for my time. Like they care less if I like 
did anything else or whatnot. And like, you know, now that now that COVID's not around, like, you know, those same people try to like, you know, get under my skin or whatnot that like would waste my time. And, you know, now it's like now that I had seen all that and stuff, I think it was a very big eye opener that, um, you know, th that you should really protect your time and your uh yourself you should respect mm -hmm. yourself you mm -hmm. know you know you can't you shouldn't compromise yourself mm -hmm. just because you want an opportunity or just because you want to get work with somebody or not because i used to do that all the time i used to compromise myself all the time like you're take no pay which is fine because i'm a student but then like i'd be like disrespected a bunch on set or like you know people would show up like an hour late and then like waste your time or then mm -hmm. they blow you off and like last second and it's yeah. like now I have like so many boundaries. I'm That's like, great. I'm like, like now, like usually, like when I film something, I usually make someone sign shit too. Mm -hmm. Now too, that made me that taught me a few lessons mm -hmm. in COVID as well. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think respecting yourself and respecting your time is the most important thing you can do in this like in this moment in life. I think in total for anybody really, because right now the world is such a weird such a weird place i don't even know how to explain how the world is right now to be honest it's just yeah anybody's trying to get anywhere and everybody's trying to be somebody and like i guess it's always been like that but with the way prices are now and you know rent's insane now you kind of have to like protect yourself and you kind of have to say no to like jobs that aren't gonna do <clears> you <throat> well mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. long run you know like and that for me has prevented work, but at the same time, it also makes me feel a little bit more sane. You know what I mean? And I think, uh, yeah, man, I think that you, I look up to you a lot. Like, I'm not going to lie. I do. I do. I, I enjoy you. your work. Thank and, you. you know, every time I came in class, you just seem so happy and just calm and collected. You seem spiritual. So Thank to hear you. that, yeah, you came out of COVID even more spiritual, I was like, that's that's great yeah you know what i mean that's good to hear that you well you know I've, it's like i've been single for all my 40s you know oh, really yeah you know i was in an eight-year relationship in my 20s um and then in my 30s i had a year and a half a two and a half and a three and a half but my 40s i was single and i think when you're alone you just have to learn how to be you know self-sufficient and happy with yourself you know um i think that makes you more spiritual you know as a person just the whole idea of not needing someone else to like validate you or to f or to make you whole as a person mm -hmm. you know that being said i mean i'm i'm dating i'm i'm looking for you know i'm not i don't yeah it's yeah. not like i don't want to be with somebody yeah. but if it hasn't happened you can't force something like that it has to happen organically you know 100% I mean, look at your wife literally walked in front of you you know yeah yeah it's it's that's the funny thing you know about dating too is i i think i was single for like 3 years like mm -hmm. i dated like you know, all through high school, which really isn't anything. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, I had a relationship, maybe like it lasted like six months after high school. And it just wrecked me so bad mm -hmm. that I stayed single up until I met my wife, like mm -hmm. literally like up until like I never went on dates or anything. Mm -hmm. I just learned to be with myself. And I'll have to say like, that was the happiest I've probably ever been like, you know, of course I'm happy now and I'm very grateful for what I have, but like, on like a self-respect and self-improvement mm -hmm. and like, you know, just being myself, I'd say I was the happiest when like I had given my time that like myself that time to really heal and like understand myself. Mm -hmm. Like I decided in between those three years, I decided I want to move to LA, make a career in film, you know, whatnot. I also decided like I want things to flow organically. I told myself that the next person that I date, it has to just flow. Like I can't force it. I can't just like, want them to like like me even if they don't mm -hmm. you know and i think that was like my biggest problem was like i would get interested in people that had no interest in me and i would expect them mm -hmm. to eventually mm -hmm. like me and then it just never happened mm -hmm. and it got you know i got really butt hurt well it sounds like you have someone now that likes you that's great yeah she's great she's very humble too which is very nice to have mm -hmm. and i feel like i really lucked out with her because i meet some people out here and i'm like I'm like, I'm like, you seem like... What brought her to LA? I think she just wanted to explore. I think she just like, she grew up in Brazil her whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, she actually had gone through a breakup mm -hmm. and she thought the best way to like escape was to, you know, um, 
try to get a visa to come over here. And then she did. She actually lived in New York for like a whole year and a half before she lived mm -hmm, here. Mm -hmm. And so she lived in New York a year and a half, did like a pair of work there. And then she moved here to do a year and a half here. And then we met. So she's been here since. Nice. And we're going. We've been together. F we'll be together like three years in uh, just end of December. It's a long time. It's a long time. That's awesome. It's the longest I've ever been with somebody too, which is. It's unique. I'm figuring my I'm figuring myself out. I'm figuring mm -hmm. ways to, you know, really, you know, be better, be a better man. She makes me a better dude. dude That's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I'm more calm. Mm -hmm. You know, like I take things very seriously. Like, which is like in this day and age is really bad because like everyone I work with is so like laid back and like I'm so focused. Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. has to be done this way. Mm -hmm. Like I need it to be done at this time during this time. And she's just like, yeah. It's whatever, you know, I used to be really anal about being late and mm -hmm. like now I'm like, I realize not only do I live in LA, everybody's late, mm -hmm. but like as long as it's not like my job, mm -hmm. it's not a big deal. Right, right, as right. As to where like even if it wasn't my job, I would make it a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like I'd be like, babe, I was like, we need to go. Like, mm -hmm. We have to go. And it's like, she's like, we don't have to be there on the dot, Joseph. I was like, I was like, uh, as to where now I'm like, I don't even say anything. Like She's on Brazilian time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what she literally says. She's mm -hmm. like, she's like, us Brazilians, we take our sweet time. Mm -hmm. She's like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyways, man, you know, she's great. And she's been she's been such a trooper. She definitely pulls the slack for sure. You know what I mean? And once I once I finish school, she plans on going back to school, mm -hmm. which is great. And I'm excited to kind of turn the tables, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So you know, a lot of exciting things for us coming and, you know. What does she want to go to school for? Uh, right now, she's uh, she's in between marketing and, like, social media type content mm -hmm. making. And I told her, I was like, I was like, honestly, you could do both. I just tried to tell her, I was like, you mm -hmm. can do both. I was like, you just have to find a way to do both. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, that's what all filmmaking is about, too. It's like, you can do, like, producing, writing, directing. You can do all that. You mm -hmm. just have to find a way. Mm -hmm. And it's actually not that. I mean, it is hard, but it's not. People, it's not as hard to come across as people would think it would be, especially if you're the writer. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so, like, I try to explain that in a different concept with her, too, is, like, you know, if you go out there and you start, like, doing your own thing and, like, just showing that you have work to provide, it's going to make it a whole lot easier for you. Like, I tell her all the time, I'm like, you need to watch, like, YouTube videos and you need to practice this and this before you even, like, try to go to school because you're going to want to be ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. like, you're not going to want to sit there. Trust me, because I, I know people and I know myself like I and I know her. She's going to get so confused because English is like her second language. And so, like, sometimes things get a little confusing. So I know she'll get very confused. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, you know, make sure you watch these videos, read some books about it. Like, you know, kind of just focus on it. You know, when you get home from your job, do that. And she's been really kind of getting into that, which is really cool to watch. Awesome. Yeah. But, you know, enough about us and me. Um, you know, I've known you, like I said, for about three years now. And, you know, I, you know, I really hope someday we work together, like actually like professionally work together. And, you know, um, I really just appreciate you coming out and taking the time to talk to me and just. That's my pleasure. Well, you know, I remember you in class and you talked about, you made your biography of your life, you know, with the photographs yeah. and you talked about all your health issues and how so many times you've been close to death because of your heart issues and how you have this this very spiritual appreciation for life and for living and you you know really were like an old soul and i i was really touched by you sharing you know your story so um you know i just think it's great that you're you know thriving and learning living loving you know thank you I, I <laughs> learning laughing it. yes i appreciate it I, I try my best you know every day is a struggle and like you know like a lot of people Life is hard. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think overall, like, if you can just find, like, a one thing in one day to be grateful for, I feel like everything will be okay. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I try to remind myself a lot. And, you know, going in there, I was way more innocent than I am now, obviously. But, you know, like, I was very nervous to share that with the class. And, like, I was very nervous to kind of put myself out there. Because I also don't want to be known as, like, a person that got things because people feel sorry for me as well. You know what I mean? No, I didn't feel sorry for you. I just, yeah, no, no, I, no, 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 no. I'm not yeah. saying you felt sorry, yeah. but like I see people like use these things like to their advantage and like I'm just not that type mm -hmm. of person. So mm -hmm. taking it, putting it out there for the class to see and everyone to see, 
was like nerve wracking for me. For but sure. I bet you people really like yeah appreciated it. Oh yeah, and I made you know like uh, like Cam and Vladimir and all them like they're still all like my super close friends, like super close friends. And you know like it's it was a great. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did because I was gonna, I think I was gonna, just gonna do it like on subtle things throughout my life but i was like no like i feel like i should really just do this and try it and yeah like so yeah it was it was looking back on it i'm very glad i did it i'm very glad it was a really spiritual experience for me to watch it because you know in life we you know we're we're all one day gonna die you know Mm -hmm. and you've already sort of like dealt with that at a very young age Mm mm-hmm and it makes your perspective so much more expansive and peaceful. And there's like a peace about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Which is why it surprises me when you talk to me about your anxiety and stuff, you know, because I feel like, you know, you know. Oh, I'm just, I'm like, to be honest, like, I'm kind of like batshit crazy. Like, <laughs> you can ask my wife. She's like, Joseph is a batshit crazy. Like, and you know, that's why I love her too, is, you know, she just, she knows how to deal with all that. Mm-hmm. And I've never met somebody that can deal with all That's that. That's awesome. And I'm a very difficult person. Like I do have a lot of issues because of my upbringing with my heart surgeries and losing my brothers and stuff. Like I have a lot of mental issues because, of that. and I have a lot of things that I still to this day have to work through with therapy. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's things that I learn about myself new in every therapy lesson. Do you go to therapy on, on FaceTime or zoom? Um, yeah, yeah. That's what I do. I yeah. do too. I, it works, I it's great. It works better. It works way better than having to go always have to like drive an there or someone's <laughs> house or like you know what I mean. Like and plus, like not to be like a dick, but like if you don't like the person, you can kind of hide it over um, Zoom because they're not seeing like your body language or whatnot mm-hmm, as to mm-hmm. in person. Like when I'm uncomfortable with somebody, like it's you can known, tell through yeah. my body language mm-hmm. that I do not want to be there. Also, maybe if you don't like your therapist, you need a different therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't have to confront them <laughs> or nothing, you know? Yeah. No, I love it. But, you know, I appreciate what you said. And, you know, it's been a journey, man. It's been a long journey. And looking back, like I was just thinking about the other day, I was like, I'm like really happy, like where I am in life. Like sometimes I'm like really hard on myself because obviously the grass is always greener somewhere else. You can't compare yourself to anyone. Exactly. Else. Exactly. And, you know, Sabrina's been saying that a lot. She's like, you can't compare yourself. That's just going to make you crazy. And it does make you me crazy. You can't do that. It does make me yeah. crazy. It does make me crazy. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I just appreciate what you said. Yeah. Like, cause sometimes I, I don't know, man. Like, I kind of going back, like, I don't want to be known for that, but obviously, eventually, people will know about it. I want to be known for being like a really hard worker. You are a hard worker. And I appreciate that. But it's part of your story, you know, and and I think it's a really beautiful thing that you overcome, that you overcome that kind of serious adversity in life and like strive forward and have such light about you and goodness. Yeah, you do. You like radiated like brightness. Um, And I'm sure a big part of that, you know, is because you've overcome so much darkness, you know? I feel like, yeah. I man, I'm so speechless. <laughs> I really appreciate you. I feel very humble right now. And uh, yeah, like, you know, I just feel like life is full of dark times and I don't think it's ever going to stop. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's always going to be a death or there's always going to be something I don't get that I want, or there's always going to be a situation that just doesn't work out. And although in those moments, like I feel very heartbroken you know, with the perspective I have now is like, I know that like life just goes on and like, you can't, you can't like sit there and it's okay to focus. I give myself a day. Like I give myself a day to dwell on something and then I throw it away. Like I throw it away out of my thoughts. I'm like, okay, stop feeling like an idiot for this. You know what I mean? Like when I first started the podcast, I would mess up editing a lot and I would really dwell on that. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, even if I mess it up, I'm like, nobody's going to notice. Yeah. You know, and nobody yeah. notices. You right. know what I mean? So like, it's things also seem way more stressful in the moment than they actually are. And they seem more intense than they actually are because like after like a week of being away from that situation or whatnot, I'm like, that was like really nothing. Like, you know, like there's times where I'm like, I'm really sad because I didn't get a job, but it's also, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm like, there's so much, the jobs out there. Yeah. There's so much more opportunities and there's just like, it's, it's, you get what you put in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a big lesson I've learned this year too is, 
you know, it's really helped me, my, especially my health scares recently. I really have learned to focus more and like, I'm like, okay, I need to get this done and I'm not going to stop until I get this done. And like with the podcast, it's like, I was putting this off cause this is like the start of season two. So I was putting this off for months cause I wrapped in like beginning of June and I've been putting this off for months and I was just like, I just need to do it. I just need to do it. I just need to do it. And so I emailed you. I was like, all right, we need to set a date, date, date. And now I have like the next two weeks just like filled with people. That's awesome. That's so great. Like, I'm very grateful that, you know, you're being a part of this and that, you know, you took the time out of your day to be here. And, you know, thank you for teaching me all the things you've ever learned. You know what I mean? Like, I've always enjoyed your classes and I think you're a great dude. I'm so, so excited to see where Jawbreaker goes. Very excited. Thank you. Yeah. Do you uh, need any help? Yeah, for sure. I got you. Um, I'll even run coffees. I don't care. You know what I mean? Um, but overall, man, thank you so much for coming on and just it means a lot to me thank you my pleasure everyone again um writer director and producer darren stein